Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of The Charting Room, a podcast where today's hot topics meets mental health conversations. This is Kivon here with a reminder that the views expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests. This podcast is meant to be informative and entertaining and is not a substitute for one-on-one medical or mental health care of any nature, nor the suggestion of any diagnosis or treatment. Remember that only a licensed provider can evaluate your situation, provide a diagnosis, or render other medical and mental health advice to you. Now, let's dig in. Welcome to the charting room. What's good? It's your girl, Kivon, and I am a licensed clinical social worker, oh, and a registered yoga teacher. Mm. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This is Dr. Shrey Watkins, a licensed professional counselor. Phil Murray, board certified in adult and child psychiatry. And we are the Charting Room, back for season two, finally. Yeah, we're back. We're back. We're, we're glad to be back. Yes. Uh, it's been a long break. It has been. I, I think it was. Like, it hasn't been that long. It hasn't? I don't think it has. We, we, what? We stopped recording in May? It's been a couple May? months. It's been a solid couple months. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it has we been a while. took like a TV break, like a <laughs> TV season break. Yeah. We should have a trailer and shit like that. Right. <laughs> Makeup. Shit, I think we're uh, doing like the parental advisory thing now. Yeah. That don't oh, mean you got to go ham with the curse words. No, but I said shit. So like, <laughs> it's like 3,000% more curse words in the entire season. <laughs> That's true. We're going to keep shit. You know what? It's still kid friendly with shit. Just shit. So we're good to go. But I'm glad to be back with you guys. Help. I'm so happy to be back with you guys, too. I missed you all. Per usual. So we thought we would just kind of check in and reintroduce ourselves tonight. Um, and then we are kicking off our season with like some bomb guests um, and some really hot topics. So we are super excited about that. So listen, we have, well, you had your baby before we took our break. I did. I did. She's uh, four months now. Oh, she's adorable. Thank you. But we got a new yes, baby in the group. Yes, we do, we do, yes. Dr. Yes. Watkins had her baby. Talk to us about the baby. Oh, I had a beautiful baby boy named Bryson Xavier. Um, That's six a delightful pounds. name. That boy going to be somebody. We like Daily. how meshes together. I like Fortune 100 over there. I see. I like I that. See. Okay. Definitely Bryson. wanted to, you know, give him something that was um, non-ethnic to give him an equal playing field. <laughs> but why? But why? I did that just because again being African American in, to, um, in today's society I didn't need anything that would be a possible hindrance from him just being able to make it through the door to give him a chance and so my first son's name is William Henry so I wanted to make sure that his brother had an equal playing field just as much as he will because William Henry is very much non-cultural it can go either way and Bryson and Xavier can too I 100% disagree Oh, okay. <laughs> this is the topic tonight. <laughs> this topic tonight. I did not know that. You didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, I think ahead. both of the names are absolutely beautiful. Well, thank you. I love it. 
but I disagree with the notion that we cannot wear our ethnic names and wear them proudly. Um, Again, it goes back to that space of if we don't shift the narrative, Mm -hmm. who will? We are the only people that have to change up to fit into these cultural norms that I'm like, were facilitated by who? And I, I definitely agree. And I, I can only speak for myself is that I have an ethnic name, Sheree. Some people pronounce it Sheree, whatever. <laughs> um, and I do know that it's sometimes um, been interesting for me to walk into the um, the playing field because my last name was formerly white. Now it's Watkins. So when they just saw S. White coming in, they didn't know if it was someone who was black or white. Yeah. And so, and then uh, again, I do have a professional voice when it comes to pre-interviews. And so... I do know the difference of how I was treated once they figure out that I was black. Yeah. And so though on one hand, I'm just like, yes, we, I, I want to be a forward mover, um, mover think type of thinker and, you know, push the grain. And once again, challenge the, the status quo when it comes to being able to be fully ethnocultural when it comes to our names. I didn't necessarily want to use my children as the, in the forefront. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my kids have basic names (laughs) but I don't think that for one you all know when I had Trinity I was very young so I definitely wasn't as culturally minded as I am now Mm -hmm. for sure and then TJ is named after his dad so there's that Um, but I have said that if I had it to do again they would not have those basic names (laughs) yeah Um, here's my thing I, um, I went to Belize for like nine days and stayed with the family in Belize. Mm-hmm. And um, he asked me, did I know like my great, great, great grandfather? Mm-hmm. And of course I told him I didn't. This kind of stopped with my great grandfather. Yeah. After that, it was it. He said that he could trace his ancestors and his family back 500 years. Now wow. I'm envious of this at this point. Mm-hmm. He said, we really don't know ourselves. Yep. And it's true. And then when he was saying about the names, he was telling me about, you know, where his name means and where it came from. And they were so proud. And yes. I said that he said that we here in America, we're not really proud of who we are mm-hmm. and who, you know, who we represent. Mm-hmm. So he breaking me down, breaking down with uh, Kwanzaa and teaching me all about the principles. Mm-hmm. And I came back and just telling me about Kwanzaa. And uh, I came back and named my daughter Nia after the, mm-hmm. the fourth uh, principle of mm-hmm. uh, Kwanzaa, meaning purpose. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I wanted her name to kind of. You know, you know, backdate to roots of just African descent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but if she gets into the door or not, you know, on our first episode, on our first season, you know, we spoke about the door and the table, and you know, um, Sam Greenlee with the spook who sat by the door. Yeah. You know, I'm not a believer in the door or the table because it wasn't designed for us, and you know, I just don't want. I would never want like Nia like to feel like she can't wear her natural hair or have her natural name or just be who she is based on the job, you know? Mm-hmm. So but I get it though. I get it. Like my name's Anthony. So, I mean, and it really doesn't, I don't have, I mean, my name's not Tyrone. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we're thinking about, you know, but you know, if my name, what, if I name my son Tyrone, he should have the same opportunities. So it's not really sure. us. I know change. a couple of very successful Tyrones. There For sure. Record. There we go. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I think we do a lot of, uh, assimilating. We do. Um, yeah. and versus, uh, it's kind of like, um, I don't want to get off topic, but it's like the bully, right? So the bully in school and the kid 
I have like a parent that may remove their kid from school because there's bullying in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, really, should the should the kid be removed from school or should the bully be removed from school? Mm. Yeah. So we do a lot of removing from who we are. Yep. To um, accommodate. Yeah. You know others. You know. So. I mean, yeah, but to and for those listening, I don't have any kids. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's one of those things where there's also the other side of that, where there's some inherent struggle in there. Like mm-hmm. while you. It's okay. Do we remove the kid from the bullying situation or do we increase their risk for suicide or self-harm? Because that's a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, research has shown that people that have more ethnic showing names don't necessarily make it through the first round. Now, I think it's practically getting better, Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm always a fan of kind of informed consent in those things of like, hey, you can do whatever you want, but let's not act like there isn't an extra challenge or cost attached to it. Because I feel like a lot of times people have these conversations, they have them almost seeming like all things are equal. And I feel like that's where it gets messed up. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like, no, you should do this. It's like, actually, (laughs) I mean, you can do that, but let's really count up the cost where we're just making Mm -hmm. decisions because to not do that is not being fair to folks. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like I'm saying, it can go either way. And I do think you know, in our lifetimes and in our kids' lifetimes and going on, it will definitely change. Yeah. But uh, like I said, I'm always really super practical about stuff. It's crazy because my name is Kevon, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, I get called Kevin, all types of crazy stuff. Um, but every job that I have ever applied for, I have gotten. So I just... I, I, I don't know. I get it. Some people have very negative experiences with their names and their application being looked over. Um, but that hasn't been my experience. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe like we have to shift that narrative. Like, and I hate when people are like, you know, okay, take your time to breathe. Okay, it's not that hard, but they do that to our names, like not, not, Naya, Naya. Okay, ma'am, I'm gonna need you to stop, Nia. <laughs> and I feel like they just do that to us, and that's so frustrating to me. I, I just don't see any other cultures who aren't proud of their names. I know that's my thing. Like you see an Hispanic, they're proud of their name. An Indian. Uh, person they may be proud of their name they're saying their name with pride you know so it's like i was at wells fargo one time and um i forgot what her name was but it was i guess quote unquote a black name and but she had the name brooke on her on her plate yeah i said is your name really brooke and uh she said no but we get to choose our own names here you know i said (laughs) so you want your name to be brooke you want your name to... I don't even know who I'm talking to anymore. You're talking to Brooke. No, you're not Brooke. You're whatever your name, whatever your mama named you. You know, and... I don't know. I'm talking to Brooke now, that. but... Brooke oh, because, oh, because um, um, whatever her name was, she said it sounds too ghetto. Like, it's, it's, it's insane. Like, I don't... Why we got to change? Why we got to... Why do you want to be a Brooke? Oh, well, here's a... It's a babbling. We don't great, babbling great granddad, but, but, probably a slave master. To your Wait, whole family, and we take we taking on these names. Like I'm telling you, man, his name names are everything. But you also have to um, have to take into consideration that that was also her choice, because we don't get to choose. Well, children don't get to choose their names. We as the right. parents get to yeah. impress and to implant that name onto our um, into our seeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, as an adult, 
she is reaping the repercussions of a choice that was was not mm-hmm. of her own. Mm-hmm. And so for her to sit there and say that it's my preference to be called Brooke because I feel mm-hmm. that my name is too ghetto. Mm-hmm. She didn't say ethnic. She just said ghetto. Mm-hmm. That's her definition of, of how she um, she sees um, sees fit. And I think we also have to honor that, too, because as therapists, we want to, once again, validate a person's feelings, oh, yeah. their emotions. And so if that's her belief. And unfortunately, everybody don't have that $500 to change their name and go through that process. I can't. I can't be in therapist mode today. I got to get off the couch. I can't agree with that. I can't agree with that. When uh, the, the intent for changing your name, when... Cassius Clay changed his name to Muhammad X or um, Muhammad Ali. Then he's not, he's changing his name when, um, of course, you know, you have that, that option to do, you know, so you're changing it for with a purpose of saying, okay, well, I want to be who I am for my people. But to change your name to go into a different culture, I just, I just can't agree with it. I can't agree with it. I mean, I guess my thing is not, no, actually, what her name was before that doesn't matter. In in this particular <laughs> instance, I'm like, you know, I'm going to let you rock whatever you want your name to be. Yeah. But also, I mean, you don't know her experience growing up. She could have yeah. gotten teased because of that name. She yeah. could have gotten called out because of that name. Could have been all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And so she had the opportunity to just breathe, you know. And so yeah. in that environment, like I said, I'm all about letting folks, you know what I'm saying, rock when it comes down to it. Uh, another thing is, so when it comes to this concept of people proud of their names and everything else, with the exception of Native Americans, at this point, I feel like African Americans are the predominant indigenous Americans at this yeah, point. Yeah, I agree. Because basically everybody else, I know that's hyperbolic, can connect their heritage to something I else. Know. But we are a pretty recent development as far as uh, ethnic and racial groups. Isn't that sad? Uh, I mean, it's it's what it is. You know, I mean, it's, it's, so it's kind of what we got. And so I do feel like there is a bit more orientation because we are, in a sense, making this up as we go along. And to a certain extent, there is no precedent for these names that can kind of come up. And so yeah. there's a lot of education that has to go on. And as future generations come on, it's going to be more and more common. But I think if we look at just the history of the country and everything else, we are literally doing something. You know, in my mind, we are the best innovation that America has made. Mm. Um, and so I think that is something that sometimes we have to keep in mind as we're kind of introducing new things to people. Yeah. I think we're... Um, I think we've just been taught to be like this, simply. I mean, mm. if you if you notice at the beginning when Sheree said the name, everybody said, "Ooh, like it's going to be." They are beautiful names. Yeah, beautiful names. But they say, "Oh, it's going to be somebody." If somebody said, "My name is Tyrone," this and that, <laughs> nobody would say this, that person's going to be somebody. Mm. We have to. We can't take. We can't. That's a good we point. We can't negate the fact that we have been brainwashed to think that those names mean success. Mm. No, I wouldn't necessarily agree. I just think they also they the sounding of it is it rolls off the tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like, like it. Burning, that sounds amazing, though. Like, <laughs> yes, very like stately. Yeah. yeah. And I was actually thinking of black people I know named Byron and Xavier. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, and I guess that's the thing. So if we if we want to go to my bias and lens, mm-hmm. I won't say that's necessarily racial and ethnic. We could go to classist. Okay. We could we could we could go there if you want to have that conversation, but I really was not thinking about you know race or anything like that. So talk about the classes piece. No, I mean just that. Uh, I think a lot of times, um, 
Well, no, I actually can't really. I can only just say my connotation of what I saw when I heard Byron Xavier. And it's somebody who yeah. was very polished. Yeah. And that usually is directly attached to opportunities afforded from economics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Kevon, we were talking about it earlier. Like, I have a friend who does amazing work trying to close the achievement gap, mm-hmm. deliberately targeting kids who by all means are talented but don't have certain types of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this really goes into kind of what it takes to quote unquote make a person yeah. and kind of get people there. And I think we've definitely seen it uh, from the therapist lens of, you know, kind of people having equal circumstances starting out, but the way you're raised, like all of these other things, like there's this concept in America of raw talent gets you to a certain place. But I think as we've gotten older, that's been demystified many levels, you know, mm-hmm. kind of with zip codes being correlated with educational attainment, lifespan, and all that other types of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we're understanding more and more, you know, the now the term is social determinants yeah. of health, specifically for healthcare, mm-hmm. but really it's everything. Yep. Yeah. Uh, is kind of how it just comes out. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Well, thank you for the feedback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want it to be your kid. I wish, I wish this would have came out in another topic. You know what I mean? Well, and you didn't really show any restraint. No, 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 no. no I did, wait, I wait, wait, I wait, wait, wait. This was not feedback yeah, for yeah, yeah, I was being with pity, okay? <laughs> I threw the whole damn tree. Okay. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, shit, actually, dang. I hope, no, that wasn't feedback. Because, like I said, my kids have really basic, like, Trinity. That's like <laughs> Well William's named after his um his father, his mm-hmm. great grandfather, and um his grandfather um and grandfather. Yeah. So he's a fourth. So that's his legacy. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. how we backtracking. This is hilarious. Uh, yeah. And then TJ is technically <laughs> junior, but he's also the third. So listen, wow. it's all good. It's all good. Wow, no, just, keep that same energy. Listen, keep that same I am energy. just saying I want my people like listen, I have one of my best friends is married to a Nigerian and all of their children have Nigerian names. And I just love that he is able to trace back his lineage to like Aunt said to like great, 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 great people and pass down these like family names. And we don't have that. We have very little to show for like who came before us. I can trace mine back at least five generations um, for our family tree. And that's because our family has been very intentional. And it probably can go back further than that. But I just know the last time I looked at it, I can go back to my great, 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 great grandparents. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's what's Um, up. But if you think about it, we just mentioned that we can't negate that we do have some type of lineage Mm -hmm. that we carry on through our males of African-Americans. We have juniors, seniors, thirds, fourths, fifths. So we do. And so we have to make sure that um, we don't may not necessarily repeat the same names for our females sometimes. Yeah. But we do have to take into consideration that we do use juniors and seniors and fourths and fifths mm-hmm. um, as a way to carry on our legacies in our communities too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hmm. That's a lot. Different different strokes for different folks. Yeah. No. All day. Facts. All day. All day. Facts. I, facts, I, want, facts. I wanted to get. I want to get to a point where. We have so many black CEOs when they're going through the resumes and they're looking at not only the talent and what's on the paper that they see a Kevon or a Sheree and they'd be like, you know, hell yeah, because your name is Sheree and because your name is Kevon, yeah. I want to hire you. 
because white people are doing that. If they're if they're uh, denying applications because of those names, yeah. Then yeah. I want somebody to be in that position to hire people, yeah, uh, with those names, yeah, you for know? sure. And you know, and so we're talking about your son's future. Oh, twenty years from now, whatever. You know, like Phil said, I think change will come, but um, we can't. We're not helping that change. I think if that was we, Sam we, Cook. We're not helping that change if we if we still apply the same rules that we we do now. You know what I mean? It just because we're just feeding into what they want. We become them in a sense. Oh, of course. And we've yeah. talked about that here mm-hmm. on the charting room before about how we assimilate. Uh-huh. Assimilate. I'm about to go home and watch Malcolm X. Oh, Nothing oh, was God. more powerful when he was watching that perm out his head. <laughs> and he wanted it in there just he's like, Why are you let's go ahead and move on. No, share your movie. No, no, no. Scene, Everybody watched Malcolm X. I would imagine. I was just saying Not necessarily. Okay. Well, the scene where, you know, of course he went to prison and uh it's not even just a scene, it's a real life where he went to prison yeah. and Red had to really transform into you know, Malcolm X mm-hmm. and giving up all these things that he thought made him better. The perm in his hair, uh, the white women that yeah. he thought w- was making him uh, more elite because he was with a white woman, you know, all of these things. And so it's not saying that we are doing these things um, intentionally, but it's just like, okay, well, if this keeps replaying in our head and we just keep doing these little things to assimilate, we become these different people, you yeah. know? So I just want us to be us and be proud to be us. When we wear these shirts, and that's you know that represents black power or black pride. Do we really mean that? Yeah. Do we we say it, but do we really mean that? Yeah. And if we mean it, it will show in all ways. You know. I mean, but assimilation aside, um, you know, my for me at least, my HBCU experience showed me that black is not one thing. Right. Uh, and I think you know we can have our opinions of what is right, what isn't right and things like that. And I do think the deliberate denial of what you grew up with and kind of choosing the majority narrative because it's more convenient and things like that, that's one thing. But I also don't want it to be the opposite end where if people don't fit a very particular mode of things, it's not counted as authentic or things like that. Because I know uh, I went to Howard. And so when I got there, being from... Decatur, Georgia, by all estimations, Decatur is very black. But I also had to get there and realize that my black was not the only shade and kind of having to go from there. No, that's a really good point. And you hear that frequently, especially with like um, kiddos or people that are biracial, Mm -hmm. that, you know, their black was not black enough. Mm -hmm. Um, Or people from that are fair of fair skin tones, that their black wasn't black enough. And so they experience a lot of bullying in relation to that. So I 100% agree with that. I mean, and going back to uh, Ant's example of, you know, kind of what specifically in the film was portrayed by, amazingly portrayed by uh, Denzel Washington and Spike Lee and everything else. It's one of those things where it makes sense. And I'm certain we see it all the time in treatment. You know, people who come from a powerless place, yeah, they mm-hmm. imitate whatever is attached to power. Yep. Uh, and I think that's a part of it. And I think... You know, not only can you provide education uh, in a lot of times, but you have to provide some viable substitutes so that way people can access some form of power. Because if not, the only two options are either to imitate 
or basically violently take Mm -hmm. uh, their own means of power. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of times when we get into this whole lens of personal, um, the narratives of personal responsibility and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, it's kind of like, nah, like this is about resources. Right. And I think if people don't have access to their resources, I feel like it's just as despicable to judge and punish them for something that has been denied them, no matter how intentional you want to put it. I 100% agree. Nothing frustrates me more than the great divide. Well, what do you mean by great divide? So I see it starting as early as like the school system. So you know how the schools in certain areas have all of the science lab equipment, all of the new books, you know, they literally pick the educators that are going to help increase the test scores to go to those schools um, versus schools in other areas where they might get the leftover books. They probably will get the, not probably, they get the educators that might be mediocre or have a history of not performing as well on the standardized standardized testing. Um, They get very little resources. If you even look at the structure, like the building structure, Mm -hmm. it is night and day from the schools in certain communities. So the Great Divide begins at a very early age And some of these people, some of the kids are literally like scraping to just to get out of their neighborhood Mm -hmm. because the system is set up so that they don't. My personal story with that when it comes to the school system is so... um, We've got the packet from Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools about getting ready for pre-K for next year. Yeah. And it was interesting talking with the um, the school system person that we was working with um, and going over the packet. And it talks about they have two Montessori schools, which are very well received in the mm-hmm. area, that is a part of the um, Mecklenburg school system. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting in um, how they deal with it because they do a lottery for some the schools here, number one, if it's not outside your area, but also for the two Montessori schools and um, the priest K schools that are, once again, not embedded. And so she went over how if you fell into this category as far as um, your finances for your household, um, this is what you will be eligible for. Mm. But if you made a certain amount that was above that, then you was eligible for Mm. this. And I was like, I ain't rich, but I'm not on the low poverty stand. And I was like, so what does that mean? She's like, well, you can still apply for this stuff, but you're not eligible for this um, type of schools. And I was like, I understand that we're trying to make it equal. But when it comes to education... I think if you're, it needs to be more of if you are high middle class and, and very high class, that should be a differentiation because just because I actually have a full-time job with benefits doesn't necessarily mean I can put my my kid in you know a private school. Right. Or that I can afford to send them to, um, to bus them way across town. Right. And I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. So basically, you know, we're going to have to be like every other parent and put William in the lottery too. And I was like, this is going to be interesting. It's so interesting. Interesting when you hear educators 
that are dedicated to shifting that narrative. And so they have dedicated their skill set to working in those inner city schools mm-hmm. um, and how they have to fight tooth and nail to get like resources in the schools. Um it's it's just it's 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 just crazy. It's so unfortunate. It's so unfortunate. But we've had good outlines of great schools that are outside the norm. The the um, Deron Clark Academy in, yes. in Georgia. Um, even um, what's the basketball player? He just started his last year. LeBron James. But his school. Mm-hmm. The statistics that he's already put out in the first couple right. of months. I'm like, but those schools aren't affiliated exactly. with the public, public school schools. system. And I'm like, why does it keep taking these people to create a wheel that is workable for even those who come from low socioeconomic statuses that we can't reproduce in our public school exactly. system? Exactly. Like, is it really? that difficult well exactly. no I mean, it's a matter of resources you know mm-hmm. public school it's funds come from tax bases mm-hmm. which are based on neighborhoods and everything else mm-hmm. historically you know that's the just, great divide just for you know illustrative illustrative purposes mm-hmm. uh you know black folks have been put in certain neighborhoods yep. uh deliberately mm-hmm. loan applications denied yep. can't get a loan even if you got good credit all this types of stuff. And so that is where people end up stuck. And then mm-hmm. so you kind of tell folks like, oh, you know, it's these people, they don't work hard, they don't do all these things. But if you really go behind it, people have actually been doing everything they possibly could. There is literally a ceiling that they cannot yeah. break through. Uh, and so I think, so all of these examples of the formula of what you can do, whether it be charter schools, how you feel about them, I totally get it. It can go either way. Whether it be these kind of experimental places like Kip Academy, year-round school and things like that, mm-hmm. the issue is there are no public resources for it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then when you do come up with these private alternatives, mm-hmm. there's a limit on capacity. And so that's kind of how it all shakes out. How is the KIPP Academy funded? Do you know? Because I've, I've heard of them before. I don't know right off. Uh, I don't know if it's public and private. I'm not sure, and I don't want to speak inappropriately. I'm not familiar with it. Oh, yeah. But I'm I know uh, a lot of folks who have gone, who have helped, you know, who have taught through KIPP Academy. Mm-hmm. I know uh, folks who have done the Teach for America thing and everything mm-hmm. else. Uh, and that's the thing. I mean, there's teaching kids curriculum. But then there's the emotional intelligence and sensitivity and kind of trauma-informed things mm-hmm. that need to occur to really support kids in that environment. Mm-hmm. Because when a kid comes to the classroom, they're bringing everything with everything them. Everything with them. Uh, during child fellowship, I routinely did a school observation, and a little bit during um, adult residency, I did school observations because I was all about, like, you know, schools, that's the place to go to. You don't have the stigma of an office. Kids got to spend time there. It determines overall trajectory. Mm-hmm. And you just see it. One kid yeah. can disrupt the entire, entire learning environment. Yes. And I think the pay of the teachers is a big deal. And you see a lot of marches going on for the pay, uh, for yeah. teachers' pay. And, um, you know, my mom taught school for 30 years and uh, retired. And she used to take pride in getting uh, the – because back then, teachers could pick, like, what cl- what teachers they want in their class. And they would go to the principal and just say, you know, I want this teacher in my class, whatever, whatever. My mom used to take all the kids that everybody didn't want just because mm. of test scores. Because they, they used to grade people or judge people off of oh, yeah. if your classroom got all fours on the EOGs and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, so she used to take pride in – getting the, the kids that nobody else wanted and actually putting the work in and teaching them so they could uh, succeed in class and get those high test scores. But like she told me, the pay is so bad now 
and as, as far as living purposes, teachers are looking at, well, I can't speak for all teachers, but I know I have a few friends that are teachers, and mm-hmm. you literally look at uh, school sometimes now as side gigs. Like, this is not wow. paying me, this is not paying me enough. You're not paying me enough to deal with your trauma, your your ADHD uh, problems going on at home, and I have to teach while still everybody's putting kids on me because I'm the black person, I'm the black teacher, mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. I have to deal with uh, behavioral problems at school. So now I'm doing therapy, and school counselors are being, uh, you know, pulled in different roles, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just can't strictly counsel when you're in the school system as well. So it's a lot of factors when it comes to pay and funding for teachers. Yeah. I mean, and not only that, when it comes to special education support, I don't know if you guys have had this experience, but parents don't know how to access the system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times, uh, and this is nothing personal, but because of like of resources and everything else, schools can kind of drag their feet on these basically lawfully guaranteed things. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, no, actually, it is your right to go in and say, hey, I need this type of evaluation for my kid. And the school has to do it within a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. But they'll try and discourage you, try and get it done every other way because basically they're bottlenecks and they kind of can't get it done. I'm not sure if you guys watch Key and Peele when it used to come Mm -hmm. on Comedy Central, but they had uh, a skit where it was basically the teacher bowl Mm -hmm. where the premise was what if instead of, you know, you have these million multi-million dollar deals for NBA players and things Mm -hmm. like that, Mm -hmm. you do it for teachers based on things that they've done. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was actually a really, really good, just really socially aware skit. Yeah. Mm. Wow. I have to see if I can Google that to see. Oh, you can definitely Google that. Yeah. But I definitely agree. I remember when I started doing intensive in home right after, um, yeah, (laughs) I paid my dues Um, after graduating and also for internship. Educating and educating my parents because um, my bachelor's degree was actually in education. I was a school teacher, middle school, and I taught health and science and teaching them about what is an IEP, what's a 504 plan, understanding the difference between the two, versus accommodations and so forth. And I literally would have, you know, 50-50 um, type of parents. I would have those parents who, once I educated, they was in there. Can you come mm. to this appointment with me or this meeting? And no, you can't have this meeting without me and give me 24-hour notice. It can be postponed versus some parents just didn't care. They're like, mm. well, they're going to meet without me anyway. And then I think it definitely hit differently when it became my own story. So my son, William, has a, um, a speech impediment. He's delayed about six to seven months. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I noticed it when he was probably going into like a year and two months. I was like, mm, he has a good development and grasps on words, but he's not quite at the count as mm-hmm. we're matriculating developmentally. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? At his next primary care appointment, I'm going to ask. And his doctor kept saying, no, I think mm. he's fine. I was like, no, I know my child. Yeah. And once again, I've worked in the school system, though I didn't do elementary school. I said, I do know enough when it comes to psychology, know that something's not quite right. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want to see what's going on. She's like, well, let's try this. So she gave me some interventions to try at home. Mm-hmm. And then your next appointment within two months, if nothing changes. I said, you know what? I give you one time to put it back on my back. Mm-hmm even though I know my child. So we tried it and I called within a month. I said, no, I need a referral. I said, we want to start off with hearing. And then after that, I would like a referral for um, for a speech evaluation and found out through that and had to pay out the pocket and went through the insurance stuff. And so now working with Charlotte Mecklenburg schools, I found out that he was eligible since the age of one to receive free therapy. 
speech therapy and other types wow. of therapy services through their programs through the Charlotte Mecklenburg school system. And how I found out another parent. So my son wow. was in, it was in the same classroom and she was like, I see you kind of just kind of frustrated. You was talking to the teacher. It's like, I didn't mean yeah. to be nosy, but she like, so-and-so has a speech um, issue also. Have you heard about this program? They pay for it for free because I was paying for it out, the, out my pocket. Wow. And it was expensive as hell. It's even, it's it's probably just as, a little bit more expensive than basic mental health therapy. Right. I think for yeah, my, yeah. my plan, I think mental health therapy was... Maybe like a $35 copay. Yeah. Speech therapy, I was paying $80 a session. And that's for 30 mm. minutes. I was like, baby Jesus. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're going like weekly, yes, you know. for 30 minutes. I'm like, I at least get for my For 30 minutes. I need this 60, baby. Yes, I, like, I, I definitely went to the wrong major. Okay. But, um, but it's funny because, again, once I educated myself, like, they tried it. I got a, I got an email saying... Um, cause he was transitioning to, um, to become, um, three years old and they start the process early that we're going to have an IEP meeting for William and it's going to be on this date. And so I was like, it was within two, run that by me. It was within two days. I was like, first of all, I'm not going to even be in town. Right. And so I emailed the, um, the person back and she's like, oh, well we can meet without you. I was like, this. Oh, so this no, is how can't. it's happening. Yes. I said, uh-huh. first of all, and so I emailed and I took off my credentials and I do that sometimes purposely. But when I yeah. replied, I put them bad boys on, on there. <laughs> <laughs> Never remind you who I am. I said, no, you all will not meet without me. I do know my rights as a parent. Mm. I said, it can be rescheduled. And I said, it will be rescheduled and both me and his father would be present. Nice. So to take a step back, because you were talking about the different types of parents in those scenarios, Mm -hmm. and the words that you use graded on me a little bit, because you said you like the other parents, they don't even care, because they say they're just going to have to meet without me anyway. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times it manifests as not caring. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when folks come from stressed environments, stressed Mm -hmm. homes and everything, you know, like it probably took you a very... You know, a lot of time, a lot of effort to go back and forth and do that. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, especially I've seen parents who have done it a couple of times, they just get burned out. Like, yeah. you know, what else am I going to be able to do mm-hmm. uh, in this situation? That and so, so I think a lot of times we can come in at the tail end of a family who has just had all of the vigor, enthusiasm and fight beat out of them. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you know, we've done this so many times. I know uh, a couple of times, whether it was in child fellowship or just people not making themselves available to people who are trying to support parents. Because mm-hmm. let's say, you know, something was more severe going on with your son mm-hmm. uh, and the psychologist, psychiatrist, somebody wanted to dial in, but the school was just not accommodating. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, parents just don't have advocates. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it'll be hard sitting in those IEP meetings when uh, I remember yeah and that's the thing I remember basically if you don't have an advocate Mm -hmm. you're stuck because you can know your rights but it's one thing to know your rights is one thing to assert your rights and Mm -hmm. it's another thing to have them honored Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, and I think that goes through in really every aspect of life Mm -hmm. but especially in the educational environment you would hope and you would think that all these things are to protect the kids and make sure things are fine. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, there are some scenarios where yep. folks are just trying to get by and get things done. Yeah. yeah. And it's dope that you now can advocate for others like that. Because like Phil was saying, uh, your rights probably won't be honored until you hit that reply yeah. with PhD, yep. CRC, mm-hmm. LPC, LCAS, <laughs> and all the alphabet. And, you know, so people, some people can't reply with nothing. Mm-hmm. And they're going to still tell them whatever they want to tell them. Mm-hmm. It's no different than um, getting treated differently. Mm-hmm. You got a badge on or even... Um, 
in a, I guess, a different standpoint, even from saying, uh, speaking what quote unquote proper, mm-hmm. how people treat yes. you differently, yes. the way you dress, um, you know, a guy in a t-shirt versus a suit, you know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it just goes on and mm-hmm. on with mm-hmm. perception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that can go either way. Like even foreign, basically MDs who come from outside of the country, foreign medical grads, mm-hmm. they've talked about a number of times just how they're received by just having an accident, you know, kind mm-hmm. of same training, same everything. And go. so I think it's unfortunate that, you know, from a very human perspective, mm-hmm. this is what we do. You know, yep. we operate as far as stereotypes, biases and everything else because it makes it easier to navigate. Mm-hmm. But life is lived at such an individual mm-hmm. level. You mm-hmm. can't always do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think we'd acknowledge People aren't walking around trying to be mindful, intentional, or things like that. Like that's yep. just that takes a lot of effort. Yeah, it, it does. does. It takes time. It to, does. You know, and sometimes there's a cost to it. And yeah. so uh, I think that's something that even though I said people don't want to be mindful, if you can take a step back in the moment, because uh, I think a lot of times we get these concepts of race and ethnicity kind of conflated with privilege automatically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I'm a black man, but mm-hmm. I have all these other things that give me advantages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Sheree you mm-hmm. black woman but you had all this other experience that mm-hmm. in that situation probably if you didn't have that you wouldn't have been emboldened to advocate mm-hmm. yeah. the way that you did and I feel I like a lot of times people think it's literally black and white and it's like no nah, there's layers to every bit of it mm-hmm. beautiful yeah. point yeah it was it was a beautiful point I think the credentials and the privileges that we have point out the racism because it separates us if that makes sense mm-hmm. so now we have it. We can see it. Just like it's as simple as your reply. Mm-hmm. Your reply to if you did if you reply without it, it's like okay. Now I know you're doing this now based off because uh. uh, I got got the credentials. But you were doing this before because I didn't and I was black. But now since I have the credentials, mm-hmm. I'm still black. But you're gonna at least respect it because now, you know, I, you know, I know what I know. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. Um, you know, and that's. Go back to concepts of yep. or, or theories of not wanting the, a black person to read. You know, they would hang you if you mm-hmm. if you read a book. You know, because they yeah. knew that knowledge was the only thing that really kind of up you up a level. Well, you know, get you up a level to be near where they were at that point. You know, mm. um, but that's a whole nother. No, that's a really good point. That's a really, and I think I've talked about it up here before about the struggle that I have um, with being in an area where um, the schools are more well attended by privileged children Mm -hmm. and asking myself like, then are we contributing to this great divide? Yeah, that's a great point. Because I was thinking about when we go back to the name thing and everything. Uh, not to go back there. I'm not trying to go back there. But uh, you literally <laughs> just no, went I'm back, not there. To go back there. You know, sitting here with Dr. Self Hate over there. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is, when we get the credentials and we we get everything that we've gained right in this yes. room, mm-hmm. we now we're not becoming equal to them. We're still black to them. Yeah. The separation is between um, comes between the people that the other black people that don't have come on bruh so we never come really on, never see us as accepted by them it's just we separate ourselves from them so i was saying the name change cue the organ because that's a word no it is because back to the name thing and that like i said it's not about you it's about when once we say okay we're giving that person this name so they have a better chance of succeeding or whatever now it doesn't really get you there with the uh, 
white people are the elite. It just separates you from other black people who don't have that name. You know what I mean? I, I don't. I, I guess that's the thing. I mean, my thing is, okay, so there's privilege and there's what you do with privilege. Okay. And I don't think privilege in and of itself is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I, I have acknowledged, and I think I said this last season, mm-hmm. my issue with white privilege is that a lot of time it comes at my general general detriment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, as far as getting a privilege, that's one thing. Now, if you keep it, hoard it, and lord it over other people mm-hmm. to their detriment, that's mm-hmm. one thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we talk about race. We talk. I'm sorry. We talk about resources. We talk about this table and everything. Mm-hmm. If you open it up to other people, yeah. then I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. Because regardless of what my name is, what name my parents gave me, what name I choose, mm-hmm. it should matter more about how I interact with other people. Yeah. yeah that's true. You know, and this idea of being separated from the other black mm-hmm. people and things mm-hmm. like that. I mean, that's not something that's been put on me. That's something that I would have to choose yeah. to that's do true. or not to do or participate in or not participate in. That's true. And that's kind of you know, the way at least I view it. Yeah. That's a good point. I got, me and my mom got into it one time. This is a few months ago. I was telling her that we are privileged. And I said that, uh, and she was like, well, we all come from the same town. It's a small town from East Arcadia. And, uh, you know, I was telling her, I said, mom, I said, my, you know, my granddad, and my grandma had 10 kids. Nine of those kids, you know, like got master degrees, you know. So I'm just like, mm. well, that are, and alone was a privilege for us because, mm-hmm. okay, we had the same opportunity. But since you guys did that and say, okay, well, you can go to school, even you telling us that to go to school or right. whatever, yeah. right. that's an advantage for Billy down the road who mom or dad didn't care if he did anything else yeah. after that. Not saying mm-hmm. that he is any less successful than me. It's just saying that that was a privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She's like, well, we had the opportunity. They could have drove down here to work, drove down. Even saying driving, we had a car. Everybody mm-hmm. doesn't have a car. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you got to rec- recognize your privilege. But like like Phil saying, you got to advocate and be at you're, you're Now, you, I think you're... It's your duty to be an advocate at that point. Um, yeah. If you have a privilege, for me it is. I I was, was I was going to say for me for me I feel like it is, um, and I can go back to mentorship and the lack of it, lack of mentorship I might have received at this school or that school. Yeah, and I put a lot of pressure on people that I wanted mentorship from. So now I know if I get into a road to give that back, then I feel like I have a duty yeah. to give it back. You know, yeah, I was going to say because yes, that's beautiful, yeah. and I would agree yeah. that the four of us in this charting room. Mm-hmm would agree with that and find ways to give back. Mm-hmm. But there are also the blacks that arrive mm-hmm. and blacks. you know, they don't <laughs> see the they don't yeah. seek those opportunities. They yeah. really strive to be on level playing field. But I love that you said that to them, you still the blacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All day. You still, still the blacks. I didn't say that. You said that. <laughs> I said it. Jay Z said it. And, uh, yeah, it's real. We still, no matter what, no matter what degrees we have, that's how we are viewed. Yeah. You know, um, you guys seen the uh, Dave Chappelle uh, new special? No. We'll say that for another episode. Yeah. 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 New special. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, actually, I think we probably should do an episode on that. Yeah, we should. Ruffled some feathers. Yeah, we should. I'm going to have to check it out. Very good points. I'm a big Dave Chappelle fan. Oh, yes. I love him. Say that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we should have like an educator on here um, this season. Like an educator. Charette. I'm talking about somebody that's in the school system. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Okay. So have like somebody that's in the school system, like, 
in there right now, in the trenches, like come up here and talk about, you know, what they're seeing in the school system. Um, Pedagogy of the oppressed. Ooh. Mm. Mm. False generosity. Mm. But mm. I who, will say. Who's the author for that? You put me on spot. No, no, I'm asking. <laughs> I was. Li- I can't think of the author. That's what I was asking. Name. Yeah. Try. Uh, try. No. Just I w- try. No, I would not try. Okay, you know what? I'm going to support you in that. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't take that from you. But <laughs> she was already laughing. She was already laughing. Just try. Yeah. <laughs> she's talking about the educators. Well, no, no. The educators, it's their oh. job to push you to try. It's their job to when push you to you gotta try. When you got to read out loud in the yeah, classroom. Yeah. Just try. Just, just try. try. But what I was saying is that I did see an upswing with the start of the school system. I have a lot of friends on my um, who I'm friends with on Facebook, too, um, who actually posted, you know, hey, school is started up. Um, either A, they was asking for donations to help with stocking the classroom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or and be able to provide supplies for people who couldn't afford it versus people were saying, oh, you're a teacher. How can I help you? Mm. So I've seen some changes just with the use of social media with people once mm-hmm. again being able to say they can ask for help. And once again, people feeling more um, more motivated to sit there and help our teachers because they understand that what they have in their classroom most of the time comes from their pockets. Yeah. 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 Wow. So thanks for sharing your baby's names with us because we just. It started a whole conversation. Ooh. Whole conversation. Aunt had something on his chest today. Okay. No, 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 no
So, this yes. Is a woman's yeah. prison or a man's prison? This is unisex and young adults. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Why, why was that such a point for you, though? <laughs> no, I'm just don't, asking. Don't. No, no, I'm asking. I'm, I'm seriously asking. I. <laughs> I can't see. Uh huh. Yoga uh-huh. being in male prisons or female prisons. I can't see it. I'm so glad that you brought that up because yeah. one of my instructors during my training um, does that in Hawaii. She goes to the prisons and does yoga sessions. Mm-hmm. And she said they are the most grateful group of students that she ever encounters and she teaches everywhere. Mm -hmm. And she said that at the end of every yoga class, they are always expressing their gratitude for her taking her time out of her day to come and teach them. And they are also very willing to share some of the benefits that they experience from engaging in the yoga practice and how they continue to use it even after she's gone. So she just did a whole yoga commercial over here, and I, I think love it. I think that it's very very dope that you are advocating for the yoga community. This is dope. I just know that individuals in prison tend to be forgotten about. They do. My whole right. dissertation was on uh, recidivism and mass yeah. incarceration. Yeah, and so just like we mm-hmm. deserve healing, yeah, so do they. So do they. And myself and another colleague in the Charlotte area um, are going to work on. I can. Oh, she was on the podcast. Alicia, who's also my soror. Oh, whoops, soror. Um, (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) Sheree. Sorry, (laughs) Sheree. On that note. Yes. Um. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah so that is our goal we, we're having a meeting soon so mm-hmm. yeah we're really like passionate and excited about taking taking yoga to the prison system okay this is for male or female prisons bruh I already answered she that question for you. Oh, right. unisex. Right. That okay unisex okay. yeah okay. as many nice. prisons that will receive us we'll take it yeah Nice. Yeah, we'll we'll take it wherever the people want it. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, you yeah. gotta also look um the new um I forgot his specific title. Um, but the new person who's over our jail system, the Mecklenburg um jail system mm-hmm. here. I mean he really has done a um some new advances when it comes to changing some different types of interventions for the jails. Yeah. He now has the mental health unit. Mm. Um, they, you saw a mass hiring. You saw the postings of hiring psychologists, psychiatrists, therapists, social workers, um, and wanting people trained in trauma to come and work in the jail mm-hmm. system and substance abuse, which is a biggie. Nice. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to see that he sees the need that we have to treat them w- when they're there. Yep. So they won't have to return. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to use this as a plug for what I'm certain will be a future episode. We talked about education. We talked about yeah. prison. I think they're related, but yeah. we'll, we'll, because yeah. you, yeah. you've been trying to get to this one for a minute. I have. So, so we'll I've make sure we do it this season. I've my way on we'll, down there. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure we get to it this season. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. But yeah, it was just, huh? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be really dope. I think that, uh, I'm like, huh? <laughs> I think that. Um, 
I think ex-offenders um, will, you know, benefit highly from, from yoga practices as well. Yeah. yeah I think the, 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 the thing is, the treatment inside prisons, the, the research I found, the treatment inside prisons, um, a lot of people aren't receptive towards treatment inside prisons, whether it be um, because of the stigma associated with receiving help or anything yeah. inside prisons. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, but when people get out, you're then hit with all of these barriers that come exactly. across. So how do you find that peace of mind when you're out? So you, the, the sort of recidivism can decrease, um, you know. And so. for our listeners who don't know, what does recidivism mean? The fact when you return back to prison, basically. Yeah. yeah. So you get out and go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. She said that when she first started um, going, you know, like onesies, twosies would show up. But then the more that they would talk about it amongst themselves, like more people started to attend. And it's just well received. So much so that um, for a season she was doing it pro bono. Mm-hmm. And they were able to get a grant for it um, just because it just, the benefits were amazing. Well, you see the movement of mindfulness in schools. Maybe they Mm -hmm. at some point can probably be inclusive of yoga too. Yeah. Definitely seeing a decrease when it comes to behavior issues and those types of things. There are some programs that specifically teach yoga in schools. (laughs) So some people are still very closed-minded to the fact that yoga can be inclusive of all spiritual backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And because of that, some school systems want aspects of yoga, but they don't want yoga in totality. So you can't use like, the Sanskrit words for yoga. Um, You have to really like water it down to the place where I'm like, well, then is it really yoga? And so I don't know, like I'm still kind of on the fence about that. And you know how I feel about cultural appropriation. We won't get on that mm-hmm. horse and ride it off into the sunset tonight. Um, but a piece of me also like finds some frustration with that about like, are we just taking things from the practice that is, you know, centuries, years old and making it what we think is more palatable because of our own fears. Yeah, how you'll take like mindfulness out of yoga, but you yeah. won't, won't yeah. take the complete yoga experience. Yeah. You know? So that's another episode. Yeah. So. But if anybody wants to, uh, <clears throat> you know, utilize any of my work, um, dissertation is published, um, Racing Through the Revolving Doors, <laughs> a phenomenological study addressing recidivism of African-American male ex-offenders. You better plug. And that's Racing, that's capital R-A-C-E. You better plug. Um, um, because I thought about the racism that goes yeah. along with I love it. African-American males when they exit the prison system and they kind of race back through those revolving doors. Uh, we can actually post a link on our Instagram and Facebook oh, page. We could. I we could. love that. Shout out yes. to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I that. love that. 
Well, listen, y'all. We the, um, okay. Sorry, kids. sorry, oh, sorry. Oh, the coolest kids. Oh, <laughs> met, oh my god. No, I met. Oh, I met both of her kids. She has the coolest kids. Uh, her oldest is extremely swaggy. You yes, know, he is. He he's is extremely swaggy. swaggy. I yeah. know uh, little man is going to be just as swaggy. Um, so. You know, this is. But shout out for real, for real. The aunt came through and took some family pictures for us. Our first family pictures with the new baby. And they are amazing. They did come out beautiful. But you have a beautiful family, so it's not hard. All light brights, except for me. You're beautiful, though. I know, but I don't want a chocolate baby so bad, y'all. Just the chocolateness. But it's okay. I love all. Oh, no. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Still delivered. It's done. Didn't we already have an episode about a woman can do what they what they want to do with their body? Unless you're in Georgia. No, Alabama. 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 Mm. Alabama. So Sorry, glad you've been keeping up with our episodes, haven't you? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. I think I named that one too. <laughs> Damn, so we, we took too long of a season off. That's the problem. But we're back. We're back. We're back. Back and black. If we were you all black. missed that drift, I mean, we, <laughs> they can we? literally see pictures of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're pretty black. <laughs> so, with that being said, I don't know if you all are familiar with the artist Toby. I don't know how to say his last name. I try just talked all of try that it. trash. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> try. I just talked all of that trash. <laughs> I'm not going to try. Toby. Nwigwi. Thank you. So now when you have a client going in that downward dog, and yeah. they say they can't really reach their toes, and you still tell them to try, they're going to try down because you try. Well, you don't touch your toes in downward dog. I didn't go to Hawaii for 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Couldn't afford it. I'm so done. Oh, shut up. Couldn't afford I'm it. I'm so done. Oh. So, anywho, Toby has <laughs> the song I can't stand you um, called Hella Black. Okay. Have y'all heard it? No. Allow me to grace your ears. He says, My hair is kinky, my nose is wide, my skin is technicolor, I won't apologize. Can we you just have other people listen to the song? They Or you touch my side, just know. Listen, it ain't my style. It ain't my shade. Ain't what I do. Ain't what I say. I'm just hella black, black, black. I'm just right, hella points. black, black, black. I'm just hella black. <laughs> I wish your fault could see if you're that. offended. Yeah, I'm just going. hella black, okay. black, black. I'm just hella black, Who's black, black. I'm just hella oh, black. Your fault if you're offended. We're out. <laughs> <laughs> what? All right, y'all. Good night. <laughs> what? Okay, it's time to go. Uncool.